0: America. Along the way, I met all kinds of people at the heart of our nation's elections. Voters, election workers, elected officials, even electors. You know, the guys and gals who end up picking the president. Of course, no road trip is complete without a bus full of nuns turned away at the polls. More on that later. Spoiler alert. The way we run elections in this country is, as kids today say, Totally wacky. What we think of as our electoral system is a crazy quilt of local, state, and federal systems. 13,000 different voting districts, in fact, each with its own rules and regulations. In Iowa and Minnesota, you can register and cast a ballot on the very same day. In Texas and Pennsylvania, you've got to be on the voter rolls a month before an election. In North Dakota, you don't even have to register. You just vote. In Oregon, there's no actual place to show up and vote. You do it all by mail. And if you live in D.C., you can vote for president, but not for a representative in Congress. Instead, your voice in Congress is called a delegate, and she's not allowed to vote on the House floor. During my road trip, I met her, Delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton, And she pointed out that taxation without representation remains a reality for 600,000 Americans, who happen to live in our nation's capital. Ah, irony. Then there's that electoral college, without question the country's most elite institution. As you probably know, when you and I vote for president, we're actually voting for a select few who vote for the president for us. And who are these sage men and women, these stewards of our electoral destiny? They're people like Ben Leatherberry of Salem, Indiana. He's a really nice guy. A really nice guy who was all of nineteen years old when he served as an elector. I also met folks like Tom Tancredo, an outspoken former congressman from Colorado and one-time presidential candidate. He's not shy about saying that voting isn't a right, but rather a privilege to be earned. He's not shy about much, actually, which is one of the reasons why he's great to talk to. Tancredo believes that Americans should have to pass a civics literacy test before being allowed to cast ballots, even if it's not a very tough one. "'I don't care if we publish the test on great billboards and tell them what the answers are,' he told me. "'I don't care.' I just want voters to know something about the government that they're voting on. Then there are those nuns I was telling you about. A group of 80- and 90-year-old sisters in South Bend, Indiana, who tried to vote at the same place they'd voted for years, but didn't have valid state-issued photo identification. Yes, election officials carded a group of elderly nuns and turned them away. That incident got me thinking. Do stringent ID laws, on the books now in a growing number of states and upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court, hurt or help our electoral system? Do they deter voter impersonation, as proponents argue, or do they make it harder for qualified voters to actually vote, as critics charge? That's one of the questions we explore in this book. But while some people are being turned away from voting, millions of others haven't even managed to register. Guess how many? Five million? 10 million? Try 50. That's right, 51 million people, or one for every four eligible voters. And let's take bets on how many of those vote regularly on American Idol, or at least on The Voice. John Fortier, a scholar with the American Enterprise Institute and the Bipartisan Policy Center, put it to me this way. I think both sides would agree that our registration system is broken Fortier went on to share his ideas for how to make the voter registration system unbroken, or at least a little less broken. One of those unregistered voters, until recently, anyway, was Flo Perkins of North Vernon, Indiana. After serving her sentence for a felony conviction incurred several decades earlier, Flo thought she wouldn't be allowed to vote in Indiana. That is the case in some states, like neighboring Kentucky. After get-out-the-vote organizers knocked on her door and informed her that she was, in fact, eligible to vote, Flo registered, and I went with her as she cast a ballot for the first time in her life. It was a very emotional day for Flo, who, as she fed her ballot into the optical scanner, asked, Does it shred them as they go through?